Welcome to Weird Norfolk. I'm Stacia from Weird Norfolk. And I'm Shifra from the Norfolk Folklore Society. And today we're going to be talking about a haunted house in Great Yarmouth. I love this story. I know. And technically we have, I think I mentioned in our last episode, technically we have already recorded this. And yeah. I may, if possible, try and put in some of the bits from that mm. original recording. But I was in a mega grump. And <laughs> it wasn't that great. So we thought we'd give it another go when I'm slightly mm, happy. Because it is an amazing <laughs> oh, story. Such story. It's such a good story. Where did we find this? Um, did I find this? I think it was on my list, but mm. I hadn't got to it. And mm. then you kind of said, ran let's, with it let's do this. Yeah. Um, so let's, I guess, make a start. Yeah. Um, it was like a haunted house in a ghost story, broken down, rat infested, empty, forbidding, and filled with dark secrets, hatred, and fury. Ooh. I didn't know whether that was forbidding or foreboding. It took me a minute. For, mm, forbidding, I think. Foreboding would be a good word for it as well. It would be. Both would be good. That's why I question myself. (laughs) The old house, ancient, even in 1797, when the incident took place, was on Glass House Row in Great Yarmouth, one of the warren of 145 narrow walkways that lined the town for centuries. Running from North Quay to George Street, Glass House Row was named for the glass factory in the Runnel, Runnell's such a good word. I love that word. Which, according to an advertisement in the Norwich Mercury, produced the best goods of all sorts which could be attained, obtained at reasonable prices. The row also boasted a school and a terrifying murder house. Yay. Yay. So we went along to the row. Mm. We found it. Part, it's, most of it has gone now. But yeah. it did partially exist. You can kind of get the entrances there. Probably about, what, 20 foot? 25 foot? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, passers-by would quicken their step to avoid spending too long near the windowless house in case someone or something reached from inside to pull them into a dark, dank room. In the Yarmouth Independent of January 6th and 13th, 1894, there was a two-part article, Tales and Traditions of Old Yarmouth, a, mystery, a House of Mystery. It concerned the haunted house of Row 37, itself unremarkable and similar to many other rows, said the Independent. Most possessed the same quaint, gloomy and somewhat dingy characteristics in common. So, should we talk about the rows a little bit more before we carry on? Yeah, and I think every time I see this sentence that I wrote, it annoys me because how can you be pulled inside if it's got no windows? So, I think what that means, it had shutters. So, there were shutters, so it looked like it was completely boarded up yeah but it was actually shut and of course yeah pulled in by the door i guess yeah i yeah. thought i thought you meant mm. so i didn't think you thank weird. you just qualifying my own non-mistake <laughs> <laughs> um so the rows are really interesting aren't mm. they and there are still a few kicking about um some of them had amazing names mm. there was body snatchers row yeah um spotted cow row <laughs> There was obviously Kitty Witch's Row, which we've done something on. Fighting Cock Row. Yeah. And they, they gave them these names. So some I guess that you would have as well, like Baker's Row. Or yeah. Shoemaker's some of them weren't so exciting. Because they were named around either businesses that were there or something memorable. Like yeah. Body Snatchers Row is the row that the Body Snatchers, which were taking bodies from St. Nicholas. Yeah. 
Um, they were running down there with them. And loads were named after pubs because everywhere... I just did a piece on Norwich Street names for Weird yeah. Norfolk, kind of unusual ones, where they come from. And, you know, basically I could have just written something saying they were named after pubs. Yeah. And that would have covered <laughs> 99% of all of them in Norwich. And the rails have been kicking around for a really long time. So they were first mentioned in 1198. Which is crazy. That's insane. What century is that, Stacey? Oh, God. In... Oh, no. That's a really hard I know. one. <laughs> I, I don't know. What is it? So if you think 11th and you go 1. 12th. 12th? Oh. That was really mean Oh, that's... <laughs> That's stealth, Max. Max. Let's panic. Oh, Let's my panic. God. That was like a GCSE. Don't do that again. Bloody hell. <laughs> um, and then they, they were further developed in the 13th and 14th century. And, mm. and obviously it was like quite a, a unique looking kind of yeah. town, I guess. I suppose, yeah, I suppose um, they were so thin, weren't they? Yeah. They, ha- they still have, I, I guess if you want to see something... Very similar, you'd go to Lowestoft, where there are those incredibly oh. thin passageways that have a name that I've forgotten. It's not the Rose, is it? It's, it's not the Rose, it's something else that I should have looked up. But they are still intact, and they yes. run from High Street to the to the town. Mm. The, but these ones, yeah, I mean, there were so many, weren't there? Yeah, so it says that most of the rows were only 90 to 150 centimetres wide, <laughs> which meant that uh, just opening a door could actually knock someone out. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Which actually led to a law being passed that all doors had to open inwards. Wow. Which is, like, just brilliant. Mm. When we went to this row, I stood in the middle, didn't I, and I put my arms yeah. out and I could touch... Easily. Either, like, and that was actually stretching. quite a wide one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it, it was... Having to live like that, oh, my God. They used to have, like, just... special little carriages, didn't they? I, don't know. I think there they is think... one in... Oh, are they the troll carts? The, yeah, the troll carts, aren't they? Is that so what they were? I'm fairly sure that they were... I think they've got one in Time and Tide, and it's like a a row-sized kind of... Yeah. You know, a bit like Tesco coming and giving your shopping yeah. and pulling it on the trolley, a bit like that. A bit olden days. <laughs> um, I love this word troll cart as well. It's, it's like it's just like, it's just brilliant. Yeah. It's not at all what we think it no. is, though, unfortunately. Um... So the row that we're talking about was demolished in like post-war planning, and I think that's when a lot of the rows were yeah went went. Um, so most of this row is demolished, and the rest of it is under a housing estate. Yeah. So I think there's two intact buildings which are original, which are right at the beginning. Or we saw the them, didn't we? Yeah. And yeah. then it goes, you go down the passage, and then it basically opens up into the housing estate. Mm. So. It's gone. And then that would have gone right into town, wouldn't yes, it? Yeah. So there's a housing estate and then there's kind of a road, isn't yeah. there? And we're not entirely sure where this was, although I think it says it was pretty much in the middle, wasn't it? Yeah. So there's some more of my brilliant maths. I've just read that the it's 50 feet um, of the row still exists, which I said 20, so that kind of shows you where I am with maths. <laughs> um, I did find another really interesting... So when when I was doing research into this house... I'd also found um, a story about another... I can't remember... I don't think it was in this row, but I don't think it was particularly far away. And when they were doing the demolitions, they um, found a sealed room under one of the houses and it was, had a couple of skeletons in it. How oh amazing God. is that? I mean, that, that, that kind of poses more questions than it answers, really, doesn't yeah. it? It's a little bit... So a sealed room... Yeah, I like of... to think it was this house. Yeah. I don't think it was, though. 
but in my head it is just to make it a bit even more scary. I think it is this bro you know because I think I think it I think it was and it was the bit which is now under the housing estate. under the under the road okay you know so which is still part of the estate yeah but there's a bit which is flats isn't yeah. there yeah and then there's a bit after that which is kind of like a more normal road yeah. with with because I on sent you the link, didn't I? And it did have. I think yeah. we did see the address, and yeah. I've obviously just like blanked that bit out. Cause We're I really good like that. One. We don't. We don't say, do we? Because no. you never know. And also, if you wanted a really good experience row, a really good experience of a row, the time and tide have a mock up, and it's just brilliant. It's amazing. And there's a cat. That kind of reminds me of the vibe of um, the. Norwich Castle Museum in the trenches bit, yeah. which somebody posted pictures of the other oh. day, um, now or uh-huh. recently, um, because they were doing some work there on the drains or something, okay. and they put it on Norwich Underground, I think, oh. on Facebook, and I was sad because I remembered how awesome it was. Oh. But this is another one, a little bit like that kind of, yeah. They recreate the road, yeah, and it's really little, good, isn't it? Yeah, like, it is a really little cool. bit oldie, well, probably a little bit less stinky. Yeah, than, but yeah, know. I'd recommend that. Anyway, yeah, back to the story. Yeah. Um, in the middle of row 37, Glasshouse Row, stood the unloved old house with its peeling paint, rodent tenants and terrifying reputation as the house where a terrible murder had taken place. Maybe those two bodies under the house. Yeah. Anyway. Some said the ghost was the murderer, wandering from room to room. Others that it was their victim, bound to earth until justice was done. While more said the haunting was a grim tragedy being replayed over and over again where it happened. When the owner of the building died, it was left to a relative who had heard about the reputation of the of his legacy and swiftly tried to sell it and bid it goodbye forever. He was not besieged with offers, but finally, a middle-aged man called David Brown offered to take the house, offering a pittance in return. The owner haggled, but finally agreed to sell the house for an extremely low price. <laughs> Brown had the house repaired and moved his family in, his wife, his 12-year-old daughter and his ageing mother. Having moved in, the Brown family were delighted with their new home. Delighted. Delighted. <laughs> a bargain it had been, and in such a convenient location, close both to the river and the town. But their joy was premature. Da, da, da. Would you like to read the next bit? Okay. Within two months, doors in the house began to slam, and the Browns set out to deal with the drafts they believed were causing the disturbances. Lantern, hooray, the quarterly periodical of the Borderline Science Investigation Group, the BSIG, which operated between 1971 and 1982 and was based in nearby Lowestoft. That sounds so much, it looks so much better on, in print than that does when I say it takes up the story. <laughs> Instead of curtailing the occurrences, these precautions had the opposite effect. Now, instead of the doors slamming occasionally, as before, they slammed more frequently, often many times in succession. This was not all. Sometimes the tramp of heavy feet was now heard ascending the stairs, followed by the heavy thud of something hitting the floor overhead. On other occasions, light, hesitant footsteps would be heard stealthily pattering around the house, accompanied by a soft rustling noise like that of a long silk dress. The door of the room in which the family was sitting would be thrown open and some invisible presence would enter, walk around the room, pause for a few seconds and then depart, leaving behind an air of gloom and creepiness. <laughs> Sounds a bit like us, isn't it? Yeah. We go in the canteen. <laughs> Shall I read the next bit? Please do. As you might expect, the family were terrified, although proud Mr Brown refused to openly admit that anything strange was happening. 
Privately, however, he decided to visit a local wise woman, Nancy Green. Now, we know that wise women lived in the Rose. And were operating. Uh, yeah, Miss, yeah, we've talked about Mrs Mortimer, yeah. the sausage lady, before. <laughs> Haunted sausages. <laughs> Cursed sausage. <laughs> she told him she, she couldn't help and he called her a charlatan. At which point she told him that when he arrived home, he would find one of his family was dead. A bit harsh. Mm. Rushing back to Glasshouse Row, he was horrified to find his wife in tears on the doorstep. She told him that Mrs. Brown Sr., David's mother, had indeed just dropped dead. The house went quiet again for five months. It had claimed its victim for the moment. (laughs) You have to say, this is a bit of a moral tale not to call a wise woman a charlatan, isn't it? You're just going to. You're going to stir it up. Yeah, you would just go, okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Sorry. Thanks. Right. Just Sorry. like back out the door. You know, I've got maybe I'll be back when I've got haunted sausages. I mean, don't mess with don't mess with women who are wise. No. That is general advice too. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just, just don't do that. Good life advice. Good life advice. Don't mess. Don't mess with women. Really. <laughs> just, just, just be nice. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, it does seem a little bit harsh that if you call someone a charlatan, they then kill your mum. Mm. I mean, maybe it was their time. Yeah. It could. There is a good chance that that was just a coincidence. It could be a good. It's quite it's, a coincidence, yeah, isn't it? It is quite. A, so for her to be dead as soon as he gets home, as yeah. Well. And particularly as she's only in another row, so yeah. he's only like pop next door, and then <laughs> Mum's popped her clogs, hasn't she? So yeah, but at least they had, you know, at least uh, their mum dying meant that the house was quite, yeah. quite. You so know, five months of. There's always sunshine yeah. where there's rain, isn't there? Okay, should I go on? Yeah, do you want to do the next bit? Then the disturbances began again. One night, the household was awakened by a piercing scream and muffled thuds above them. Brown and his wife sat up in bed, and there, by their bedside, was a tall, thin old man wearing a white nightshirt and a red flannel nightcap. He stared at them before turning slowly, sighing, and then disappearing at the door. The silence returned, and then, as before, there were screams and loud crashes. On the third occasion, this why the third? I mean, well, it, no, it's like there is a thing about threes. It's is like there? the the something Trinity. It's like something. It's mocking the Trinity. Right. I think I still might I have got up before. Do you know, that's, that's very impressive. Um, Brown rose quietly and went to the room where the noise was at its loudest. He opened the door. His lamplight illuminating the room. Every piece of furniture had been thrown into one corner. Other like a than film, the bed. This would be a great film. It's an incredible. I mean, why is more not done on this? It gets better. It does get better. Do you want to do the next bit? Yeah, well, I, I, I was going to read the best bit. Oh, I see. Fine. <laughs> As if all of it isn't the best bit because I wrote it. And on the bed, can you tell me where the best bit starts? Yeah. And on the bed, so just say, I need to you to stop now. Yeah. On the bed sat a wizened old lady wearing a black silk dress. She paid no attention to Brown. Instead, she was staring at cards laid out on the counterpane. She rearranged the cards again and again, muttering to herself as she did so, before giving a low chuckle, (laughs) rising and... Is this not the best bit? Rising and gliding to the end of the room, where she disappeared in front of Brown's eyes. I've got... This is the best bit. It says it on my notes. This is the best bit. (laughs) Is it now? Yeah. Go. The decision was made to leave the house. Wise. (laughs) Yeah. That is the best bit. Well done. As the family packed ahead of their move one evening, um, as the family packed ahead of their move one evening, the daughter went upstairs to search for something for her mother. 
In the upper rooms, she was amazed to find a pure white lamb standing in the middle of one room, looking intently at her. Oh, how uh, sweet. How lovely. She walked towards it. Enchanted. enchanted. And it began to trot between rooms and finally to the top of the stairs. It's delightful. <laughs> Wonderful. So sweet. Lovely. Realising it was no longer frightened of her, the girl reached out her hand to pet it. Oh, I've got goosebumps. I know. But just as her fingertips grazed the soft, wo- the soft wool, the animal uttered a chilling mm. growl and she was lifted bodily from the floor and flung <laughs> down the stairs. God. Honestly, I've, my hair's I'll on tell my you arms. what. Yes, yeah. It's like... It's not a petting zoo, is it? No. As for her parents tended their unconscious child, Trust. it was hours before she came round and was able to tell them exactly what had happened. The family left immediately, never to return. I like the fact that an old man sitting at the bottom of your bed, a wizened old lady wearing a black silk dress, kind of quite clearly shuffling some kind of demonic cards, um, and furniture being thrown. That's not enough. Yeah. But when the lamb comes along, but it's like... It's almost all of the other stuff is things you've heard of before, so yeah. maybe it's like, it's just a go. But yeah. a demonic lamb... When have you ever heard about a dump? No, I mean it's always the Lamb of God, isn't it? Yeah. Really, and I think and, um, that's why I've it's got. So... Yeah, there is one up here. Look, I have got a demonic lamb up there. Oh yeah. So God, if that fell off now, that would kill you. Be, yeah, it would kill you. Would kill um, let's not think of that Killed then. By I'll watch it. Kill by. We call that the smug lamb. I've got a lamb. Maybe we should show a picture of that. But I've got a lamb in my front room. It's uh, it's kind it of from the nineteen twenties, and it does look quite smug. Is that? Like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah, so here we go, last bit. Um, there was one more throw of the dice for the house, one more score to settle. Hearing the house was empty, Nancy Green... The wise woman. ...contacted Mr Brown and asked if she could move in, possibly for a small rent, but equally, perhaps, just to keep the house occupied. Realising that no one else would risk staying at a house rest- filled with restless, vengeful spirits, he agreed... And Nancy moved in, selling her spells, cures and potions from Glasshouse Row. But her good fortune in finding a large house for a peppercorn rent was short-lived, as indeed was she. (laughs) Hardly a month after she'd moved in, she was found by neighbours lying dead in the house, her face contorted into a dreadful mask of terror. She had, it seems, met the other tenants. After Nancy's death, the house really did fall silent until the bombing raids of the 1940s, and the council's slum clearance programme swept away the vast majority of their rows, taking homes and livelihoods, communities and poltergeists with them, hopefully in the case of the latter. Such a ghost story. Oh. It's just that lamb, and I, I think we were saying, what, why did they stick around for all the other ones? And then it is, it's, I think it's like that kind of, Taking something that's so innocent, you often hear of like um, demons, or if if you don't believe in demons, bad spirits, whatever, taking on the form of like a child, you know, someone really innocent to lull you into that false sense of security, which makes the innocent stuff seem way worse, doesn't it? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It's a bit like the the kind of trope in films of a child being, you know, possessed. Yeah. That you have somebody who normally could cause you no harm and yeah. in fact needs to be protected. Suddenly, and, and like the, that doll, head Annabelle. Spinning. Oh. Like, you know, it's a doll. It's All like something that. that's meant to be sweet and innocent and childlike. But it's 
not. It's turned upside down because it's actually like so, pure. But, I mean, presumably this is poltergeist, isn't it? Well, I don't know, but there's so many different so things. That's it. It's like it's, a, it's got everything. But so you... ghosts normally are just replaying an event. They're not. You yeah. know, there is no murder being replayed here, is no, there? No, that's why I feel like this is like some kind of like entity which has been kind of conjured up. And able to take different forms. Yeah, I, it's it's not like just a ghost. There's like what two different type, two different visual ghosts, a poltergeist and the demonic yeah. lamb. Yeah, that's like quite a, a lot. So that makes me feel like it's something. But bigger also than the some of this stuff, I believe, as I recall in the larger story, that furniture was left where it was. Mm. So in the case of a man in a bedroom who disappears, or in the case of a woman shuffling cards, if all that disappears. That's quite classic ghost. Yeah. Whereas if you've got furniture being moved, if you've got somebody being thrown down the stairs, that's poltergeist, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But that makes me think it's it's not actually a poltergeist. It's like an entity. It's an entity that is taking these different forms for whatever reason. Mm. And I, I was quite interested. So, is was it Georgian? It's Georgian, right? Um, that, well, if, so in, seven, if in 1797 it was Telogian, it's, it's possibly older than that it, because Georgian is 1715 to 1815 and it's saying ancient and it was 1797. So mm. 1797 when the report was made, it was Georgian. Yeah. But if it was an ancient house, you're looking more Tudor. Okay. Because I was really interested. I assumed that it was... So it was... It was, no, it was reported in the 1800s in... 1797. No, that was when, I think they said that's when it happened. Oh, right, okay. So it was in the newspaper But it says an later. ancient house. Oh, okay, right. So, so it, it was in the newspaper. But you wouldn't call the, the assembly house an ancient house. No. So I think so it's I think it's an older, older house. And yeah. it was, this event happened in the Georgian period. Yeah. And I, I was wondering, I was quite interested to know, because obviously I know like in Victorian times, like spiritualism yeah. and kind of the occult was pretty, people were into it. But I had no kind of idea if, People were into it before that. But in the Georgian times, it actually they was... They probably loved it. It was actually yeah. a big deal. Mm. And so, I just... Because I think this feels more like something that has been summoned and left, I wondered if that house had been used in Georgian times for kind of occult practices. Possibly. Although there was, like, no, there was no like real evidence, but... Well, it could have been a wise woman's house before, couldn't it, as well, mm. you know? Um, there was in, in the Georgian period, there was a magazine called the Conjurer's Magazine, mm-hmm. which sounds really good. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Um, and they talk a lot about like kind of Georgian occult practices. We had an illusionist come to um, my other half runs the assembly house, as you probably know. But um, we had somebody in Georgian times come to put on a show called Dr Pepper's Ghost. Oh, yes. And it was when the... It was an optical illusion, yeah. wasn't it, that, that created the, the... But people were swooning and passing mm. out. And and it was because ghosts were so big. Yeah. You know, that that was why that, that was kind of touring around the UK. So... And I think, like, if there was... It'd be really interesting to see if we could find, like, the registers of who lived in that house. It'd be amazing. Wouldn't, wouldn't that it? be amazing? Yeah. And then we could, like, if we found... I could just see that that house had been used for occult purposes and then the stories about that kind of spread around. Yeah. You could see that's why people might start... Like, this strange is, things are happening This is a hard one to, to imagine that they've, that they've imagined, isn't it? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I like, kind of think, you know, there's so many ghost stories where you think... 
This could so easily be explained away in a tedious fashion by saying something like, well, you know, you felt cold. Well, that might just be because you were getting ill yeah. or because it was cold. Yeah. Or, you know, you saw something out the corner of your eye. That could have been something in your eye. Yeah. Or that could have been the wind blowing. So, you know, there's so many different ones. It's not going to move your furniture no. into the corner and of And also, the, the family had no, like... They didn't benefit at all from... No, They, they, the they lost the house, basically, yeah. didn't they? Because it mm. was so bad. It's not like they were, like getting people to come round and like making money off it no. or that they could sell the house no. it was they lost everything no. they left everything there so it was no game was it no did you know i found this out whilst looking at poltergeist um that poltergeist the film celebrated its 40th birthday in june no i did not mm. know that yeah i was kind of thinking about poltergeist um, did you know, but also, this is my now Poltergeist facts about Poltergeist the film, not Poltergeist the, the entity, <laughs> um, that it was released, so Spielberg and Hooper, Toby Hooper, um, did Poltergeist, and it was was released one week, and E.T. the next week. Oh. That was a good couple of weeks yeah. at, the, at the flicks, 1982. Mm. But, um, I'm a bit scared, I, I've only watched Poltergeist. It was terrifying, isn't it? I was, well, just, well, I was remembering that, like, at the beginning, do you remember that bit where... At the beginning, they've just moved in, and Diane is sorting out her kitchen. The poltergeist keeps moving the kitchen chairs, and she thinks it's really funny. And she kind of like sets it some little tasks to do, and thinks it's really amusing. But then like, I suppose at that point, not many films about poltergeists had happened, it's so she not wasn't very funny, though, is it? Do you know what I mean? It's not funny because it's like five seconds later, and a tree is eating a sun, and Carol Ann's <laughs> gone through yeah. a paranormal rift. My and... friend, my best friend, dressed up as Carol Ann once. Oh I showed you a picture; it was hilarious. Was it? It was really good. I mean, I don't know. I just don't... Don't They're not team players, Poltergeist, are they? No. They're not playing along with you, are they? No. They'll all be floating skulls and, you know, I wonder screaming if, um, and was it Nancy? face peeling. And... Was her name Nancy, the wise woman? Yes, Nancy Green. I wonder if Nancy Green did, like, have any interactions with them. Because if she... She probably didn't mind them too much. No. Do you think that there are less tales of Poltergeist now... Because real life is more terrifying. Maybe it is quite bad. Do you know what I mean? It's quite bad, isn't it? Pete thinks, sorry, Pete's my husband, thinks that we're living through the 80s again. Oh, but without good stuff. We're basically probably going to have Margaret Thatcher again. Sorry, politics. Loads of strikes. Recession. Do we get leg warmers? Oh, is is that my... I'm going to have to go now. That's a poltergeist at the door. It could be Pete. I think it's Entity delivering a radiator. Oh, I heard him say it's quite heavy. It's yeah, quite heavy, as radiators are. But yes, well, yeah, maybe. So anyway, look back in the eighties. But poltergeists were quite popular in the eighties. They were. So maybe there will be more. Po- if we're go- if we're reliving the eighties, well, maybe we're going to have more poltergeists. That's the other thing, which is that I was reading about what kind of cons is that we all know about teenagers. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I don't have any of them in the house. And nor do you, so mm. we should be all right on that front. But it also says stressful events, mm. and you think, bloody hell, if that's the case, why haven't all of it? Why haven't I got one? Why haven't I manifested one? Because I can promise you that I've had some stressful stuff go on, and also, 
why aren't they ten a penny? It's almost a bit like a, you know, a daemon, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, we should, every house has probably yeah, got probably one. Yeah, probably got one. Do it's you so think? Because I think I lose things quite a lot. Do you think, how much of losing things do you think is actually a poltergeist? Well, I don't think it's necessarily always poltergeist, though. Because I always say it's the fairies have been. Right, which is a bit less... I did have a really weird one the other day. Did you? Yeah. So I was dusting some shelves, and you know, like, I do a lot of sewing, and... Um, I have like a quick on pick and it had completely gone missing. Like couldn't find it anywhere. And I had actually bought a new one because this one had gone. Found it on top of the shelves. How bizarre. Like a tall bookcase that's like one I never dust because it's so tall. Right on the top. Right on the top, like behind something. Oh. Is that, that might be Pete. Blimey. Maybe we should finish up. Okay. We're having a lazy poltergeist activity at the front yeah. door today, so um <laughs> So yeah. we hope you enjoyed that story. And uh, we'll be back soon with another episode. Bye. <laughs> there he is.